the Performance Training Academy podcast with today's guest, Pete Howard. My name is Ashley Hoff, and in today's podcast, we are chatting to Performance Training Academy tutor, Pete Howard. We'll be discussing his journey in the health and fitness industry, his time spent as a professional wrestler with the WWE in the States, his lessons learned on his way to building his own personal training business, and what he brings to us here at Performance Training Academy as one of the tutors for our personal training course. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to our podcast series, episode number seven. My name is Ashley Hoff, and today I'm here with a member of the Performance Training Academy team, our tutor, Pete Howard. Um, for those watching on YouTube, you'll see that we've, we've come dressed in the same thing, which is good. It's all about promoting the brand, Performance Training Academy. Um, the reason why I wanted to get Pete on today is to discuss with you all um, Pete's journey in the health and fitness industry, um, in some other industries as well, in terms of the athletic background and even professional wrestling. It's quite, uh, quite a storied past, which is great. Um, but the main thing I want our listeners to be aware of is what Pete brings to Performance Training Academy. Um, so without further to do, Pete, how are you today? Ash, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Right, Seems to be great for the last few weeks. <laughs> Mate, it's a pleasure. It's good to have you here. And obviously, um, you've been involved with Performance Training Academy for the last few years. Um, we'll get to the reason why you're here as well as we, we talk through the podcast. Um, but again, thanks for coming here because we just want to discuss, uh, it's, it's just to showcase really Performance Training Academy is not just about one individual. It's not just about me who made this academy up and it's not all my knowledge. I realized uh, early on to make a success of this business, um, we need other fitness professionals and other leading experts and you're one of those. So what we're going to do today, Pete, as you know, as we just spoke about, we're going to go through a little bit of your journey into the health and fitness industry. Um, and it will help those, I feel, uh, who are in the industry now. And it will also definitely help those who are considering becoming a part of the health and fitness industry. Um, yeah. So, Pete, um, I know some of these answers, but just for everyone else, uh, when did you get qualified as a personal trainer? How, well, let's start off, actually. How old are you now? I am 29. I'm 30 in October. Oh, the big 3-0, the big 3-0. You're 10 big years year. behind me, mate. I made the big 4-0 last year. Um, and 29 now, when did you get in the fitness industry? How old were you? Uh, it was, I, I mean, I obviously had studied at university. I did my level two uh, fitness instructor at Exeter College. So I was a foot in the door. Um, and then fully qualified my level three uh, after I graduated at Bath Uni. Uh, I did it that summer. Um, and, and I started to integrate my last year of university. I was lucky enough to get a placement at a Bath Uni gym. Um, so I was working there as an instructor um, and just, you know, it gave me the confidence really um, from displaying, again, you, you pick up what you know through training in different sports and different regimes um, and just how to apply that to people and to practice. Again, there's one thing doing and another thing coaching. You know, that's an art in itself and the way you get better by doing it. So, um, yeah, from 2013, really. And then I started to PT uh, within sort of 12 months of that. I did quite a long time as a, as a fitness instructor. And I started off um, in the industry, which I think is a good route for anyone to go through um, to build confidence and 
know your value through through your confidence um, and, and and progress. So 2013, that's when you first really started getting into it. Is that was that the year when you started building your business as a personal trainer? Uh, yeah, it was. And just to, to sort of associate myself as a brand, I guess, um, that got refined through professional wrestling, I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, that, was, that was when I really started to look to help other people. I, was, I, I guess going through an academy set up in college, and you know, I think anyone that, um, you know, wants to be an athlete, you know, you, you work really hard, you train and you learn as much as you can. Um, and I'm, I feel like I'm kind of a, a nearly has been with a lot of things in different sports and it just became uh you know especially post-professional wrestling there was no doubt in my mind of what I needed to do with the experience that I had before I went out to the states with a taste of personal training in London and having to start to build a business from the ground up there um I already had that kind of base experience and then grew uh grew a perception of how to, 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 to produce a brand because that's what we are in, in, in this industry, right? We are our own brands. We represent ourselves. We are the, the product, yeah. um, you know, to, to, to get people feeling better, moving better, whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, it's between, like, it was kind of, it worked in two blips for me, kind of post-uni, I did a year, and then obviously I went out to the States, came back, and I've had uh, Sup Howard's Health and Fitness in 2016, um, with that pre-practice and that's when I really started to get the wheels turning and I knew that I just had to knuckle down and, and that's what been my passion ever since and obviously you, you saw me working out fitness first in Exeter um, and, and liked like what you saw and we, we hooked up and it's been a you know an honor to help you bring your courses forward and and be part of this. Mm. Mate, it has been good and and you know you referenced a few things there first off um, being a fitness instructor before being a personal trainer um, now, I, th I think in this industry, I think the way to learn and to educate yourself is great to go do the whole thing. The level two fitness instructor, the level three personal trainer, you, you know, from doing the workshops with us as well, that the knowledge, it, it's got a nice flow to it when you go from level two to level three. I, I think yeah. an important point on what you just said there, it's this, the fitness instructor role is an important role for people to do, you know, even if you're level three qualified. I worked as a gym instructor, you know, and it's, it seemed to be the bottom of the ladder you make your way up from, but it's, it's a really important learning curve. Um, and it allows you to get used to being with individuals in a gym environment, doing some programming, looking after the gym as if it's your own gym, even if it's someone else's. Um, and it's a really good part of the learning curve, I feel, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the kind of method that I had working in Bath Uni and Soho gyms, I did three months. Well, I did yeah, 240 hours unpaid at uni and then I did the summer there and then moved to London. I did three months as instructor before I went on to PT. And the, the kind of regime you follow, you obviously have to do all the I call gym bitch stuff. You know, you'd have to <laughs> make coffee, make protein shakes, wipe down the machines. Um, I'd have to do annoying jobs like putting you know 30 towels from the change room in a bag and then bagging that up to go to the laundry and the, the gym manager would come down and have a go at me because he decided to count a bag and there'd be 27 towels in a bag you know you got to do all that kind of stuff and, and take the hits but the thing that you get to do is have a constant wheel a conveyor belt of people coming in doing a, a kind of meet and greet your consultation um interpreting their goals mixture of wants and needs and then turning that into a program delivery for them 
and and sort of, you know, building that rapport with someone as well. It's all, you know, it's a, it's a personal business, you know, personal training. Um, and then building those interpersonal relationships and, and, and strong relationships where people can see value in, in what you offer, building trust as well. Yeah. Um, it's all good practice uh, as you go because you, you start as a personal trainer and you'll find that the, the line of feeds or, or leads, like if you, if you like the funnel, it isn't going to be as, as fast as you think it is when you start. Like, you know, it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard start to, to business. It's doable, definitely. And you need to take the right approach to it. But having that base as a, like, say, as a fitness instructor gives you that balance from the, from the bottom to go through that process, to get people in, to, to, to do a needs analysis, to give you a suitable, safe program which they can progress through and enjoy. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, going out and doing the one to one where you're charging, you know, you're not getting paid eight pound an hour anymore by the gym, you're going to charge 30, 35, 40, 50, or if you're in London, more than that, you know. Um, and you know your value at that point, and there's no hesitation in this is what I charge, this is my value. You know, it builds that confidence. So it's, it's really worth doing. For me, I found that I. I, I remember when I was in London, I was I hadn't really done a lot of group classes, and I still I prefer doing the one to one thing. Um, you know, uh, I train the odd couple here and there, um, but it it really kind of got me out of my comfort zone to you know have 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 that class experience, and you can fall back on, and it's yeah really good to take yourself as you know outside of your comfort zone to 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 learn new things, you've got to be out there, right? Um, so I recommend that to anyone. Uh, and also going down the bigger gym route when you start off, you can get into a big gym. I, I talked about that conveyor belt of consultations that you'll get and in, in inductions, that sort of scheme of things that just builds confidence. And also that gym then is your shop window, if you like. So when you do progress on in a bigger gym and you've, you've been in, an open space where people have seen you work. If you act professional, if you, you know, take on what you've learned through a course and, and provide your personality to that and show that you care, you're going to get a higher um, kind of production of leads and yeah. retention of, of clients, hopefully as well. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And again, I think just to emphasize that, I think it's important for people to know that working as a fitness instructor as a preemphasis, as a pre-state before becoming a personal trainer, think of it as a positive. Um, I, I've spoken with people with, oh, there's only this role as a fitness instructor at the minute, but I want to go straight into personal training. I've known people that go straight into personal training and made a big success of it. I've also known people go into a, a fitness instructor role first of all. I'm included in that bracket. You're included in that bracket. And I, I felt the benefits of doing that. Um, I too, I'm more of a one-to-one -one person and as a fitness instructor, I was asked to do circuit classes every other Saturday morning and stuff like this. At first for me, it wasn't a natural concept being in front of a big group of people. Uh, ironically, I ended up being a tutor where you are in front of a big group of people. So I'm sure looking back, the skills and the traits I learned from doing circuit classes had uh, an, a role to play in the building of me as a professional. Um, but it's true. And I think, you know, for anyone looking to get in the, into this industry, whether, you know, you are going to go down uh, a council, uh, working in a council gym or working in a fitness first or a David Lloyd's or a Virgin Active. Um, it's important to throw yourself into any role. If you're a fitness instructor, throw yourself into it, give it a hundred percent, treat the gym as if it's your gym. You look after the gym, you take pride in that gym. 
Yes, there are the gym monkey jobs that we all have to do. I've had to clean down machines and sort out the towels and all that sort of stuff. It never bothered me. I always reflected back to what I was doing before that, while I was selling truck parts in a dirty, like, greasy mechanic warehouse sort of thing, you know? So you've always got to think of the positives, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, yeah, again, it's, it's part of that process. No one start at the top. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm anywhere near that, but you know, I'm doing okay, floating all right. I've got a good good name for myself I've created the last few years. But you have to you have to start and do a little bit of groundwork. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it makes you appreciate when you get to the one to one and the better money and the control of your own hours, you know, and you've got no one being telling you what to do and where to be and you can organise it yourself. You do appreciate that more for going through those harder times. Um, like in anything, it just let, helps you respect where you're at. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. And it's, it's something that we discuss with all of our students, really, like to build any business. Uh, and we'll discuss this probably as a bit of a theme as we go through this podcast. There's, it's, it's all about the hard work and ethic, isn't it? Uh, and I, I, I don't think no good business was ever given to anyone. You've always got to lay the groundwork first. You mentioned already branding and what being your brand. And, that, and that's exactly what it's all about, isn't it? Like even that first year that you had post uni before you went to the States, it was about building your brand and working out what that brand was going to be. And I'm sure it's probably evolved over time as well, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd always been big around the emphasis of, of posture and movement. Mainly through my, my, my story is I did rugby, rugby and athletics through school, college, uni at a good level. I was a discus thrower, played back row, um, played England colleges, boosted premiership. And then I switched from rugby back to athletics when I was, um, when I was, my dog's dreaming loud in the background. <laughs> um, it, from uh, the age of 22, 22? Yeah, 22. And um, I, getting reintroduced with discus and movement, uh, I learned so much about mobility. I was very lucky to have be taken under the wing of a guy called Andy Burns, who went to the Commonwealth Games, won a, won a judo uh, bronze medal. Bronze or silver? Um, anyway, he was doing his master's in S&C, uh, I'd known him through doing some security work at uni just to get me through. And um, he said, mate, if you were going to push to th throw some discus, I'd love to use you as a case study for my master's. So he was really up to date and relevant with his knowledge at that point. And again, that put me in an environment where I could, you know, sponge off him. Um, and, you know, I couldn't do an overhead squat with a, with a broomstick when I was 22. You know, my mobility was poor. I was a big, strong lump, but I couldn't move well at all. Um, I never really stretched after workouts and, you know, it's that typical thing between 18 and 21. We want to get big and strong. Um, we've all been there, right? Um, uh, I really started just to refine. And, and I think Louise spoke on a, on, a, on a podcast before about that triangle between uh, your mobility, your cardio and, and strength training. I was definitely, how fit can I be? How strong and powerful can I be? And I never really realized that recovery and mobility is as important factor in that, um, in that makeup to, to round you off. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, my ethos changed from, okay, my actual training today is going to be an hour and a half of mobility. And I'm just going to do a circuit of some static stretches, some bone rolling um, to, you know, tapping into my breath and that kind of stuff that I always talk about. Um, I, I went through that process myself. And I felt the benefits of it. And I felt how my posture, my movement, my recovery, my mood improved. 
and on you know and from there it was like there's really something to this breaking breaking down movements to the bare basics looking at activating through key postural muscles opening things up and you know i felt incredible and within sort of six months of adding in this new type of training my, i was throwing further but i was running faster i was being able to do things i couldn't do before i was you know from going from that broomstick struggle overhead squat to 90 to 100 kilos overhead squat, I'm actually in the right positions because you can be strong as hell, but if the movement's not there, you're not able to apply the strength. Yeah. Um, so, and I just brought this right back into, um, sorry if I'm waffling now, but I, again, I brought that into my, my business model of get people balanced, get, teach people about structuring warm-ups and cool-downs. It was very basic, um, but so effective by giving that structure showing people they can feel better by doing some stretching. You know, people look at me and think, you know, I want to get big, I want to get stronger. It can be quite a hard sell to start with. Mm. Get an individual to come in and say, okay, we're going to do a little bit of form rolling. You know, it's their first session. The general thing I, I, I'll structure up is a, is a warm-up. I'll teach people how to warm-up before we do anything. And that may take half of the first session. And You're trying to, someone wants to come in and it's, it's the general superficial things that people push. I want to get leaner. I want to get stronger. I'm not happy with this bit of my body. Can I take a bit off here and put it on here? Um, before you do any of that, how are you moving? How are you balanced? Where are your aches and pains? Because if you've got aches and pains, if you, you know, if you increase intensity, if you increase load volume, like generally those aches and pains are coming from imbalances. So, if you, if you don't sort them out, you're never going to be able to progressively overload. And the only thing that you're going to progress is those aches and pains. So that's always just been the forefront. Um, through that, from, from that six months, really, I spent with Andy, it was the, the kind of start of um, me going on one about mobility, <laughs> in okay, essence. Carry on, carry on. Um, but, yeah, just having that as, as the kind of base of my product um, was a little bit different to... I mean, so many people are bringing this forward now. Um, and, but, you know, in, I came back from the States in 2016 and bands has only just made their way into gyms, you know? People were using foam rollers, but, you know, if you hadn't used one and you're in a public gym, uh, people would kind of be too shy to even go on one because they weren't sure, A, what it was doing, and B, they thought they looked stupid on it, you know? And there, there is that big thing about... Um, the commercial gyms and the day-to-day -day people that come in and out, they're very conscious of what people are thinking of how they look, right? Um, it's, it's just life. Um, you know, a lot of stress gets put on us from everything else and uh, makes us more self-conscious. But if you know that what you're doing, no matter how you look, it's task-orientated, when you are sitting into a hip flexor stretch and you're rolling around because you're feeling that like you're slightly tighter on the inside and you're changing your posture around. You're internalizing. It doesn't matter what you look like. You're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to feel better from the inside out rather than the outside in. And I guess that's, again, building that base, building that balance has always been what it's about for me. And then we can get stronger and then we can train harder and then we can train more. Um, but just, yeah, setting those basic structures in place, teaching about balance, posture, and mobility, and then, you know, all the strength stuff and, everything else comes naturally through having done mm. what I've done in discus and athletics. Well, mate, and, and run. Do you know what? I, I think like already, I think people who know you um, individually, but also through 
our students who have learned and get to know through our, our courses and through our social media and stuff, but listen to this podcast as well, you can see how passionate you are about the movement side of it. And, it, and, and that's, that's what's key. And that's probably like how we connected as well. So um, to go on what you're saying, the basics work, stretching, mobility, movement, that's part of the total fitness of basic principles that everybody should, should adhere to. Now, similar sort of journey um, in 2002, when I got into the industry, you know, this was the de days before uh, YouTube, Facebook, all of these sort of things. There was no social media. Um, gyms were a completely different kettle of fish. And it was about going in. And even myself as a personal trainer, you were going into these gyms and you were thinking about the strength side, the fitness side, a little bit of flexibility. And that was it. Nowadays, as you rightly said there, like foam rollers, resistance bands, they weren't even, they didn't have a place in the gym, even... Yeah six years ago seven years ago i don't know when that but it's, it's very recent that they came in um i remember when foam rollers started appearing in fitness first where i was a personal trainer at the time you know i saw other trainers doing sit-ups on foam rollers because they didn't know what they were for and i think what we're trying to do with this industry now is educate people to the best possible standard i know you're very passionate about the movement side of things and working on technique uh movement eliminating imbalances in the body posture and that you know that's one of the things that you've definitely brought into this course for us you know you and will as well um and i think future fitness professionals current fitness professionals need to understand the importance of it you know it's not about working a client when do you know what when i got into this industry in 2002 the company that i started working for initially they sent us away on this training day and and the first thing they told us as personal trainers when you get a brand new client the first thing you need to do is a wow session. And that's where you, you have this hour where you, you put them through an hour's worth of training where you show them how good you are, how, how much you can push them. And they were getting us to get brand new clients to do medicine ball slams, intervals on the rower, Tabata training. And to be honest with you, that was a completely wrong way to train anyone. You know, if you ever have a new client who's saying, well, I really want to do some personal training with you but I'm a little bit apprehensive. I'm not very fit at the minute. Maybe I should go away and get myself fitter first before I do some training with you because I know it's going to be hard. That's really not the case. It's the opposite, isn't it? You want people to learn as soon as they start with you. And that means the first few sessions, like you rightly said there, it might be a foam rolling session, a mobility session, seeing yeah. how they can move. Can they perform even a body weight squat before you put any load? And yeah. I think that's something that's learned you know quite early on in your career and it's something that we're definitely especially with your help and will's help that's something that we're getting across to our brand new students i never got told any of this when i was going for my education you know yeah and i i felt that in my first year at fitness first and i came back and, you know people are like yeah i'm doing all these class bits and pieces and i'm getting a bit leaner but i want to structure my training up a bit more and it can be a hard sell to start with to go here's a plastic tube i want you to roll on it for 20 minutes it's going to really hurt um, and then I'm gonna get you to do some bridges and dead bugs and mm. some face bugs, you know. And this is the base of your training, and that that's not really a wow session. It's bread and butter, um, bread and butter, you know, some, some mobility, some stretching, some posture activation to create that initial awareness. Mm. So then, when you talk about posture with your clients, they know which muscles they need to be engaging to, you know, find that neutral alignment. Mm. Uh, that could be. A, I found that first year it was like me a hard sell and then as word got out that i was doing things it became this is my educational process this is day one okay and and i just sold it like that i didn't even think about that mm. but you know when you're starting off you get that first like few rejections because not everyone wants to spend 
you know, three, four hundred pounds out of their pocket when they when you have that conversation at the end mm-hmm. and that's what you've done. Um but yeah, through through just faith in the process, um you again like that's why we push it so much. We know it works, we know it makes people feel better, it helps people train harder, spend less days off work. Um and having that prehabilitative um mindset to to get the body ready to train yeah before we start that wow let's do loads of let's do some deadlifts whatever you know um that's why that's why it's so important because it's just you know good good etiquette to to prepare people right anything else it's it's training smart as well isn't it you know and and again as well you 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 come from a, a a high profile sporting background as well and that's something that also you know anyone coming into this industry from a sporting background like you have we've done some stuff with some professional rugby teams and professional athletes as well yes the coaching skills are already there aren't they what what the learning curve then is is how you apply that to clients but you've got a lot of the the natural skill sets already there haven't you you know so you took what you learned from these high-end coaches as well and you brought that into your business and I've seen that not just translate into your business, but I've seen what you've learned on your journey uh, through university, working with, with the coaches, working with the coaches in the States, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and that's come across as well into our courses, you know, and I, that's why I feel very grateful because I, I never had any of that experience. I didn't work with any high-end coaches. So the students now that we have are definitely getting, and let's be fair, the syllabus for the level two and level three certificate in personal training is a good syllabus. But what we, our message is, our ethos is, we need to teach you above that syllabus so that you're going into this industry, you know the importance of total fitness, that ha- happy triangle of strength, fitness, mobility, movement. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to get across here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just to provide the, you know, and, and I always say to guys that come through, I'll say, this is a level three content, but here's some real life information, you yeah. know? Um, you're not just reading from a book and it's just a matter of trying to get everyone at the best standard they can because again like they represent us mm. on the other side of it as well but it's our duty and I, I, I feel quite passionate about it as you know like I want people to be the best they can coming off the other side of this mm. so of course we're going to pass on everything and it's that mix between um, you, you've got your formal learning which is your, your courses your university your college your whatever and then you've got informal learning that you've don't get taught in these places and that you need to go out and experience working with other coaches, working with different people, working through different sports and just in different environments and different gyms, even with different, you know, listening to different trainers and podcasts and, and things like that. And that's something I could probably rant on a little bit about is when I was at fitness first and it's, you know, a great gym to start off at that shop window environment two 2000 members. So, you know, it's lots of, lots of footfall, which is what you want when you start off. Um, I, I think I remember one of the heads of marketing came down and we did this development day that we had to go and sit in. And there was a, a guy that I was working with at the time and um, he got questioned by this guy, quite half in management. And um, he said, uh, well, when's the last time you, you did a course? And he was like, you know, it'd been a little while ago, like some, some CPD. Uh, C- C- yeah, CPD, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do something like that. Anyway, and he said, oh, I haven't done it in a couple of years. But I knew this guy was so passionate. He'd go home, he'd read journals every night. He was up to date and all this stuff, all this informal learning. He was so hot on, probably to the point where if you put this guy next to the manager out on the gym floor PTing someone, he was, he was way more clued up. So you don't have to just get caught into doing 
you know, there needs to be a balance of both. Yeah, you, you need to have the, the formal side to get the qualifications, to get the insurance and everything else. But then what you do on the outside of that and your, your product of your environment, again, like we talk about working through with different coaches and I've been very blessed over a few years. I've, I've had to work with different people. Um, and, and that's how you develop, get out, be a sponge, work through different environments, learn informally, learn, learn outside of the courses, do your own research, research into things that you're interested in, hmm. uh, you know, and the, the interpersonal side of it is linking it all back in so that someone can understand it, you know, and just queuing in itself and coaching and exercise, you may have to say something in three different ways to get someone to do the one thing you know but then you've got to learn about people and everything else it's great and it, do you know what though uh, i think mo most people come into this industry they're they what they do is they want to be a sponge they want to soak everything up i know the people that come onto your workshops that you do for us as well they're getting all of this extra industry relevant knowledge being part of them which they wouldn't get from even our manuals let alone a syllabus manual you know <laughs> Um, and that's what you say about the CPD, continual professional development. Um, I, I think any fitness professional, and this is me, this is you, this is anyone coming into the industry, should be constantly trying to get that informal extra yeah. bit of knowledge and education. Even reading, listening to podcasts. Most of my learning nowadays, um, I don't always go on and do another course, but most of my learning comes from um, reading a research paper or reading a new book or listening to a podcast from another fitness professional. Um, you're always learning, isn't it, sort of thing? And it is still continued professional development. And, and that's, that's what's key for this industry. Keep yourself fresh. Never think you know everything. Every day's a school day. There's always more to learn. As you learn more, you forget things. So it's always good to recap. Um, and that, that's a key though, mate, isn't it? Always want to learn more and be open. Be open yeah. to new, try things. Yeah, new lessons. Yeah, just, just to try things, you know, and like, even even within the training academy, when James is doing his advanced nutrition course, mm -hmm. I was like, "Can I come on that?" Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. Louise is doing her advanced anatomy course. I'm like, "Can I get that?" You know. Um, and again, like in, in anything else, I'm, I always listen to. I just try to keep myself relevant in strength and conditioning, listening to you know who I feel are my leading inspirations internationally. I try and listen to regular podcasts through there to see what you know the, the latest gossip is, and just try and you know, and you take ideas from that and then try it with yourself, number one. And if it works, try it with clients. Um, so, yeah, really. Um, well, in terms of in terms of like continued professional development, you know, one thing I'm definitely grateful of is what one of my visions when I started this academy back in 2009 was the drawing board for it. 2010 is when I actually went active with it uh, for the first six years. Really, it was all me. Um, and then my vision always was was not just be all me i loved doing the teaching i loved working with the students but i knew if i wanted to make a, the success of this academy that i'm still chasing and still want to see i needed other fitness professionals leading fitness professionals in their field um this is why you came on board we'll get to why how we got connected with it and how you came on board in a bit and will and stuff but one thing to just touch on that continued professional development is wanting to always learn that's why you know you and will have put on a, an amazing mobility workshop uh, which we always offer at the end of every personal training course it's not part of the syllabus it's stuff that you've learned along the way from your coaches uh, from your experience will's learned along the way in his experience as well that's an excellent way to continually push and elevate your knowledge 
Louise Prattley's now on board as well with her osteopath uh, wisdom and she's a leading expert in her field and she's got passion and energy and she's brought this whole course together, put this whole course together, showing people how you can learn more about the body and treat imbalances and injuries. And we've got James Buckingham on board as well, doing his advanced nutrition. And we've got brilliant computers in sports massage in Pilates. So, you know, one thing I'm grateful for is having people like you that want to teach others. You're not just there, you're not just there to pick up a, a paycheck at the end of a workshop and say, yeah, I've, I've taught some level three content, I've taught some level two content. You generally have a passion to want to teach the people on our courses. And that, that's what excites me. And that's how I know that you guys are doing a good job, you know? Yeah, we get a new round of courses. I'm, uh, you know, I, I get anxious before a new course. I'm like, oh, God, you know, and then end of day one, I'm buzzing. Um, I abs yeah, I absolutely love the, the workshop setup. It's like, you know, everyone on there is so keen to learn. And you find that it's a different structure to personal training because quite often with personal training, you're trying to make a deal with someone to do something they don't want to do, you know, to work that extra bit harder. But, uh, you know, everyone that's there wants to be there. They pay to be there, obviously. Um, so you get that, you know, I mean, people pay to be in the personal training sessions, but you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a joy. It's just an absolute joy to be part of. Mm. And it's brilliant. Now, let's go on to, let's go back to your journey into this as well. Um, sure. Now, people who know me will know I have a, a bit of a guilty pleasure, and I actually quite enjoy WWE. Uh, I, I do like a bit of professional wrestling. It started from, it started in the late 80s, early 90s when I was a young lad, you know, watching your Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, it did for me, I, it carried on, you know, and I'm still there now and I still watch it every now and then I still watch the big events. It, that's, that's what happened, right? Uh, I'm not embarrassed about it, but let's skip over that bit. Now you actually, was it 2016? You got, um, approached by WWE, you know, the, the professional wrestling body of, in the world. Um, and you did trials for them and you got selected. And then you went to the States and you were with them for a good year and you were involved in professional wrestling. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, me from my geeky side, or oh, who did you meet? Did you meet The Undertaker? Did you meet The Rock? And all this sort of stuff. Um, we'll drop some names in a minute that you did meet because, you know, it excites me. And, um, but the main thing is you got lessons from that. And you, again, you're learning from top coaches again, weren't you? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was, well, 2014 when I was in London. Um, I, again, I, I kind of fell into professional wrestling. It was uh, a tryout was in, in May 2014, 02. I had a friend that was, um, he was right place, right time, just like me, um, got invited to do a tryout. Um, he was what would be known as a body guy. He was 6'9", um, you know, 18 stone, shredded. He just looked the part. So someone went, okay, well, you haven't done it before, but go and go and try out. And I was living in Putney and he called me and he said, dude, uh, I've got to do a, a wrestling tryout on Sunday. Can I come up, stay the weekend? I was like, yeah, no problem. And um, as he got to the weekend, he said, you know, I, I don't see why there'd be any issue that you come in with me if you email the guy that runs it. You know, I played England Colleges rugby. I was, uh, you know, I won the regional senior championships, athletics and discus. That got the ball rolling. I was looking at nationals next year, um, doing well in business, um, kind of a confident you know, I've got a bit of a background in music as well. So it's that entertainment style side of things. I followed it. So I sent them an email the day before and I got a message back saying, sure, bring some athletic gear and we'll see how you move in the ring. Um, and I remember getting to the O2 and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, 
you realise it's the, the the real deal. And you walk in, and the rings all set up for for Monday Night Raw, obviously. And then you know William Regal's there, Robbie Brookside, um, you know a few few of the you know main coaches were there, and you're like, oh okay. Um, and yeah, it was a uh, tryout in itself. Was a uh, man, it was hard. I mean, I was in the right place, the right time, really fit, good shape, um, and they were looking. Um, not downplaying what I did, but they were looking for a guy that was English, but kind of, I think, darker skinned. <laughs> um, so I just had the right look they wanted at that time. Um, and yeah, after the first day, they invited me back the second day. All of a sudden, I had a backstage pass for Monday Night Raw. And you're walking around, and I, I remember um, I was in the, co- the corridor by myself, walking down um, backstage. And this big, I see this big guy coming towards me, and it's, it's Dave Baptista. And you're just in the corridor, it's just you and him. And I was just kind of like, what do you say at that point, you know? And, I, I, <laughs> and they're all really nice guys, you know? Um, you've got to try and keep professional conduct when you're, when you're at those big events. So that, yeah, it's very um, it's very done to, you know, shake hands, introduce yourself. If you don't know someone in a room. And that's that's a good thing about wrestling. There are a few keys to wrestling culture. I've learned, you know, if you don't know someone in the room, I'm kind of, to be honest with you, I'm kind of like an anxious person and quite awkward sometimes when I say, Hello to people, but um, yeah, through 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 wrestling again, the, 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 their etiquette is: if you don't know someone, go shake their hand, and introduce yourself in the business. Um, so I got yeah, I got to you know brush shoulders with all these kind of you know yeah, you know, it was overwhelming that first day. Oh, sorry, second day especially. Uh, I cut my elbow doing some uh, doing some like, handstand bumps and just you know just trying to see how you move and react and. Um, they're quite funny about blood these days, especially if you haven't had all the tests. They're very um, rigorous in their testing when you get signed, blood tests, full body tests, heart scans, the lot, you know. Um, and uh, the, the guy that runs the talent development just, you know, just, I'll take you to the, to see the doc just to get it patched up. And he just said, you know, um, do, you, do you fancy moving to Florida? What do you think about that? And 23 years old, um, you know, uh, what are you going to say? You know, struggling with the grind in London on the tube every day to make ends meet in personal training year one. Or do you want to come out and try some pro wrestling? And that's your job. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that, it takes a little while for the visa to get sorted, etc. And it was kind of a really exciting time for me. Um, I ended up moving back to Exeter for a few months before I went out, um, just a bit home. Um, and, you know, they, they said go out just don't pick up any bad habits just you know stay in shape and start learning when you get out there which i did um and yeah mate it was an, it was an unreal experience absolutely unreal experience working at the performance center obviously the the strength and conditioning coach there was a guy called matt Wichlinski, um who works on who would work under joe defranco um who's one of the the, the big the big guns, um, anyone that's into strength and conditioning, um, check out Joe DeFranco's Industrial Strength Podcast because a lot of really relevant stuff on there. It's one of the main guys I listen to. So I got to, anyway, this was like years before, you know, all the mobility and stuff was coming out um, and, and, you, and you're just learning more about structure, about, um, you, know, you know, sort of waking up the neuromuscular system and just like really ingraining things that uh, I, I kind of, still learned about at uni but seeing it applied with athletes around me that were ex-NFL, ex-NBA, all-American wrestlers, international, you know, people that have been at the Olympians um, and you're in that environment all of a sudden and it's just, you know, um, 
bar the wrestling on itself, like I, I actually spent quite a lot of time injured out there. Uh, you know, after two months, I remember I was doing a backward split roll and I, I stood up with my legs apart and my hip flexor just went pop. Um, everything was going great until then. Obviously, you've got to settle in and do the move. And, and you know, by the time you met Triple H two or three times, you can actually say your name and introduce yourself properly. Um, so, yeah, obviously, obviously, in NXT, which is a feeder to the main, well, at the time it was a feeder to the main roster in WWE, but now it's live on USA Network. The brand's grown in itself in the last five years, and they're massive now, aren't they? As you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of guys that are on the main roster now that I was that started and was signed at the same time as me. Um, with the, with the, the, the hip injury, um, again, it was a kind of blessing because I was kind of put back to the physiotherapy <laughs> suite quite a lot. But you're working with, um, you know, world-class physiotherapists. And I, with, the, with the knowledge that I had in, in personal training, I got to see how they structured things before they got guys back in the gym. And again, in that, talking about the, the prehab, the prep, even bits of rehab, most of my injury, like, I, I've got, a, you know, fairly uh, good, good knowledge when it comes to, you know, re rehabilitating certain things. And, you know, I'm not in any way like a qualified physio, but I've learned a lot through literally my own blood, sweat and tears. And I've been a lot of tears over the years as well. Um, speaking of, you know, I, I, I debuted um, in September. So I was out there from April and then September, I, I did a battle royale. And like anything, I had to start at the bottom. I was one of the first over the ropes. But, you know, I got onto a house show and I performed. Uh, and then on the Monday, um, there's a tag team called Heavy Machinery at the moment in the middle of starts. Some guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, Tucker Knight who's a, a big guy, he's um, sort of 6'3", about 140 kilos, um, you know, all-American wrestler, he's got good, you know, pedigree background. I uh, had a match against him, <laughs> it was a light, oh, uh, an uh, access show at the PC, so people were basically paying big money to come in and see the behind the scenes and we make a day for them, they have like breakfast with Finn Balor and Becky Lynch and then they come down there, you know, run some Q&As, they got to watch a live promo class and then in, in the afternoon there'd be some matches on. So yeah, I had a, it was basically another squash, what they call a squash match in pro wrestling, it was only meant to last about three minutes tops, two or three minutes and um, I, I, I said to Tuck that uh, we'd, we'd sort of you know work a clothesline which i'd never practiced before especially with someone that big and i ended up taking it wrong and separating my shoulder within about 45 seconds of getting in the ring um and from there it, again it's the top end sport and entertainment whatever it's a business um i knew from that point that you know i was very much in the red uh, in terms of my contracts, just just because of the two injuries, I'd already been out for a couple of months, and then um, you know, as soon as I got that crunch on my shoulder, I went I went into the physio room at the back and um, spoke to uh, Brian and Tara, and they they said you know oh, it's probably going to be at least eight weeks, um, you know, and at that point I, I remember just going into the gym, my shoulder really started to ache, and just I just cried, <laughs> I just cried for about five minutes while while the show was still going on, so I kind of knew at that point. Um, it was it was very unlikely that I'd, I'd be going on, um, you know. Uh, but again, silver lining, got to hang out in the gym, the physiotherapy suite, and see everyone structure their stuff. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, 
things things that I applied to to our mobility course. A lot of the stuff I learned I learned from there. I'd never seen people use bands to stretch until I'd been out to the states. You know, generally they're, they're couple, you know a good they were a good few years ahead of us. Yeah. Um, you know, and so yeah, everything's a blessing in disguise. That you know, and there's no such thing as wasted work. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to to relate again that time to my business and how what I've learned from that would be the amount of time that I spent injured. I, I feel the need to graft and I feel the need to work and I feel the need to, to try and stay, you know, I want, I want, I love, I love being out there. Um, it was an amazing company to work for. Obviously living in Florida, the weather's free. Um, you've got that great environment that, and, and lifestyle around it. And I remember trying absolutely everything and everything to try and, you know, keep that contract. So from there, I, from my shoulder, I took on uh, a role again, all based around promos and being in the in the green room. You could, I could just go in, type in a login, and there's a camera, and I can start cutting. And I can be different people. I can speak. I can wheel off free wheel off the top of my head. I can prepare pr- promos. I used to write stuff on my guitar, do like songs, taking the piss out of other wrestlers. Um, I tried being a manager for different wrestlers, and then you know. Like anything and everything, I think that's just that it kind of sets you, sets you in good stead for, for for succeeding and everything. If you can just like leave no, no leaf on turn sort of thing, no page on turn, um, you know. And I think it came to February, and I got a I got a call to go into the office for a meeting, and I opened the door and it was a guy that hired me, uh, and I knew it wasn't for a pay rise. I knew that meeting wasn't about a pay rise. So yeah, they released me and I came back. To UK, it was 2000, May 2016. I came back, so I've been back four years now. Wow, where did that go? It does, mate. It flies, time flies when you're having fun. But, mate, you know, I know the whole uh, wrestling experience for you is bittersweet. Um, I know you know you could have gone through to great things, and it, but like you said, there you never waste these opportunities, you always got to take something away from it. And I know you, I know you're like. You're one of the hardest workers I know on yourself, uh, professionally as well. Um, you obviously had a lot of good times there as well. You know, I, I know you, emotionally a lot of bad, low times, you know, and it, it's that thing. You see it all the time in professional sports, isn't it? Someone really talented could get to a really high level or really good, have a good opportunity. And, you know, the body just doesn't make that accessible for them, you know, but you never waste an injury, as you as you rightly said there, you know, and you've learned a lot from that experience. Um, yeah, pain's a good teacher. In a real way, it was worked its way around. Um, How did you, a uh, question for you, like, so your, your match was, what, 45 seconds in, you popped your shoulder. How, how did you finish a match? Uh, no, the ref, I, I came over, I think the ref heard it crunch, and I just went, oh, my shoulder. Um, and I looked at the ref and I was like, it's not good. And he just came in with the, the TKO. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even finish the match, man. Well, no. mate, you know what? On that level, like if it was a, a pay-per-view, you know, like Money in the Bank and, you know, one of the, you know, guys would do that, but it was a house show, not on telly. No, no, no. So they're all about well-being, man. Um, so, yeah, no, I was, and I was looked after very well. Yeah. Well, mate, you know, I know you had a great experience over there and, and you know, my, my wife always ribs me for watching wrestling, liking wrestling and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, these guys are top professional athletes. They train at a high level, perfect the art of wrestling, uh, eat, sleep and breathe it, as you were for that year as well, I know. 
Um, and it's, it's an athletic business, you know, with all the, you know, wrestling spake and all this sort of stuff. It's top athletes at the top of their game, you know, putting on an amazing show because of it, isn't it? You know, that, that's what I enjoy from it as well. I love the storylines. For me, it's like EastEnders, but, you know, with a bit of like grappling and stuff like that. Few more muscles, a few more muscles, and a few more. That's the idea. I mean, it's it's sports entertainment, and the the idea of, of professional wrestling. And you know, not to touch on it for for too long. I really don't want to get geeky about it, but they're, they're telling a story, mm. right? There's a thing called kayfabe, which is you know something that perceives to be real that's that's not. Um, and you know, the, the idea of of being in that ring is to tell a story to the audience and make a connection with the audience. So the audience kind of know what's up. Yeah, it's, you know, they're like, oh, it's, it's fake. Well, it, there's nothing fake about the physicality of wrestling, number one. Like, I've played rugby at a high level. I've done boxing. I've trained in a bit of MMA and stuff like that since I've come home. Uh, I've never ached like I've ached after taking some, some back bumps. Um, just pure, <laughs> so, like, deep within your spine. The next day you wake up, and you, you try to move and it takes you 10 minutes to get out of bed. If you listen to people like Kurt Angle from back in the day after he went to the Olympics in 96 and he started taking bumps and after day one, he came back to second day and he was like, I can't do this. It just hurts too much. Like, there's nothing fake about it, but they make it as real as possible because if you're watching someone that you think is for them, people are cheering, they're booing, they're becoming emotionally connected and that is the art of it, to make them believe and to, to, to draw you in and get you emotionally involved. Like in a soap, exactly the same thing. When you gasp, when you're like, oh, that person's an idiot, blah, 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 blah. Mm. It's exactly the same thing, just on a, on a live scale, number one. There's no second takes what these guys do. It shows how good they are. Mm. And they're like, you know, big athletic cats, almost, in a way that they throw themselves around. Mm. And it's just incredible, and I've been part of that. And I, and I, I see how special those guys are. I had to go at it. I didn't make it, but I made it work on the other side doing, you know, being able to work with people and, and share my passion. So, you know, I'm still doing a bit of competition in boxing now. So still learning and trying and getting knocked <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> but again, it's a environment to learn in. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll touch on boxing towards the end, obviously, because that's where, where your journey's taken you. Um, I know you met some great people. I know you still got some good contacts in it from wrestling as well. Um, yeah. And you learned a lot of stuff. And, and I know what our students learn from the workshops you do with Will as well. Um, I know they're learning things that you learn from these top coaches, top physios, you know, and you drip feet. This is why I feel lucky to have you guys around us because for our students, I, I never, I've never experienced any of that. So I haven't had any of those lessons. All, all I've learned from is, is pretty much what I've learned in the industry and, and stuff from you. And you're bringing this into our courses. So anyone doing a personal training course with us, and this isn't the point of this podcast, I'm not trying to advertise that, but they're learning over and above because you've had this experience, you know. Um, but I suppose, you know, uh, when you came back from Florida and then your, your business, did it change? Your personal training business from what it was before you went to where you, when you came back to? Did you come yeah, to Mexico? Uh, yeah, I did. Yes, I did. Um, I, I was very fortunate on my transition back. Uh, I had a friend that was running the security team in the guild hall, and I had my door badge still from uni. Um, so I took a security job full time working in the guild hall, where I've, I've met some good friends that I'm still really good friends with. Um, and, you know, there was no doubt in my mind when I came back from the States that I wanted to PT 
and I wanted, you know, I, I'd already, before I came back, I had a couple of weeks or a couple of months to kind of get wheels in motion about what I wanted as a brand. Because when you're a wrestler, again, you are your brand. You know what I mean? Um, you, you, you are your own name. You, you sell your own merchandise. You create a character. You, you get, you know, and you, you get a following through that. So I learned what I learned out there. Um, thought of the, you know, how it's health and fitness. I knew one of the first things that I needed to do when I came back was obviously, you know, in terms of brand, you need branding. You need to have a visual representation, at least, you know, of, of, of your business. So getting some logos set up, um, getting some clothing done for, for video. And again, just to having to do you know, 42 hours a week in security, not being busy as a personal trainer, but using my spare time to throw out some videos. And I mean, I was maybe doing three sessions a week at the start. Um, you know, and, that, and that's, that's, that's the reality of it. Most people setting up as a personal trainer, if you're switching from jobs to get to that, you're going to need a job at the start, you know, which is probably why I'd say another reason of going in as a instructor is a great idea because you can get paid by the gym to be there, yep. you know, the whole time. But if you're going to go straight in as a PT, chances are, unless you've got a load of savings, which you, if you have, great. But if you haven't, you're going to need a, at least a part-time job, you know, on the side and then start to integrate that through. And it's, yeah, getting everything set up, getting the branding, setting up videos, getting likes and shares. Um, and, and from there, really, like, my angle I took was um, getting connected with guys in clubs. And this is, uh, you know, I went and did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu at Project Mayhem. Um, and Andy Costello took me under his wing, did, did some MMA down there. Um, I was uh, boxing uh, with Powerhouse, uh, a guy called Leroy Venn, saw one of my videos, um, came to me for some advice, um, and we set up a relationship. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, it's not just going to that one person, you get access to the whole club. So your name gets, you know, thrown out 20 more times, you know, with everyone that comes there, everyone starts to know who you are. And then you become that, um, that relevant name of anything pops up, you know? And I, I think that's that's probably the the battle at the start, having your brand recognised and then becoming relevant, um, being that name. And that's why so many of us I mean, spoke to earlier about chasing through social media. And sometimes it feels that we're just posting for the sake of it. But there is that battle to become that name at the top, or that you know frequently, you know, just yeah, just be the household for you know what I mean. But locally, um, yeah. obviously. At this at this stage, um, so yeah, that that was me, man. And I worked, man. I made myself sick. Uh, I worked so much, set getting set up. Like, I I would do uh, twelve hour security shifts, and then go and do a couple of hours of PT after. So I'm looking at a fifteen hour day, and then I was up at half five the next morning, and I work half six to half six, and then I'd be PT until half eight. You know, I was doing that days in a row. I I, I moved to, I think I made the jump after about nine or ten months but i i burnt out you know and that's probably my my thing i'm probably my own worst enemy in a lot of a lot of rounds but one of the things is just overworking and not leaving anything for myself in terms of recovery and energy um yeah, but you but need that you do and on that mate as well I, I i think we we got to know each other whilst you were obviously you had your personal training business. You were still in security when we met because, you know, I, I wanted you on board sooner and you couldn't at first because you had, you know, you had your hours you were doing each week for security. You had your personal training clients. You were very keen to get on board with us. 
you know, but it was probably about three or four months after we initially spoke that we could make it happen. Um, I, I think with that, you know, a couple things there. So branding, massively important. Um, your branding is you. It's your ethos. Uh, you, you are Howard, Howard Health and Fitness. Um, if people know your logo, they can see it's, it's to do with the body. You've got the spine as one of your images, I think. Is that right? Blind um, heart. There you go. Um, I'm lucky. I, I've got a friend that works in printing and infographics. And I said, can you do me up something? Um, and I've got another friend that prints clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, again, connections are probably the other thing that you need to make, right? Yeah. And I, so I touched on it about going into sports teams to make connections and, yeah. and get that uh, mass scale of, of, you know, contact time with people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very handy to know someone in infographics. Then I've, I've never actually done a website, but know someone if you, that's what you want to do. Know a web developer and also knowing someone in the clothing industry. Um, I was quite lucky. Again, um, I call it lucky. I guess I put those people around me, but it's, um, well, mate, yeah. You, know, you make your own luck in life, mate. And that's, that's what's key. If you, if you didn't do half the stuff you've done, you probably wouldn't get as half as far you got, you know? So it's yeah. one of those things, you know, and I think with all of this, with all this hard work you put in, I think with any business that you want to build, you've always got an end goal in mind. I've got an end goal for this academy. I had an end goal as a personal trainer. Um, you, you've obviously, you worked all these hours, and I, and I know this because this is when I got to know you as well. You were working long hour security. You were trying to fit in your personal training clients as much as you possibly could. You were still trying to get your own training, in, which probably got put third string, and you've also got a social life as well. Um, but you always had a really clear understanding about what that end goal was, what you wanted to achieve of this. And that's where I think all that hard work pays dividends, isn't it? You know, you know, if you work hard now, you can reap the reward later. And I think in this industry, um, I think the words like saturated market gets touted around a bit too easily. Um, you know, I, I've worked with people and, and helped people say, oh, I just, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. If you want something to happen in this industry, if you want to get a client base and you want it to work well for you, you've just got to work, put your work ethic in, just chuck everything at it, put your whole energy to it and not let up until you get where you want to be. And it's true, isn't it? And yeah. Rome isn't built in a day. You've got to really just stay at it, be consistent with everything. We try to get our students almost from day one thinking about branding. You know, where do you want to take your fitness business? What's going to be, what's your ethos? Who, what type of market you want to, uh, to attract? Um, and I, I know you, just like me as a personal trainer, your market is so diverse. You don't have to be a personal trainer who just works with post-pregnant ladies. You don't have to work with just athletes. Hopefully, Absolutely. anyone coming into this, they're going to have a range of clients, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've helped everyone in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s plus. One of my favorite clients, uh, I still train now sort of thing, you know? And, and she's amazing. I've trained her for 15 years and I don't really do personal training anymore. Um, I know some of your favorite clients, you know, that they're, they're diverse. They're not just this one set persona that you're going to train. And that's what you got to open your eyes to yeah. is, yeah, I think you've got you to open your eyes to, you know, you've got to take whatever work comes your way. And sometimes you can end up restricting yourself by saying, this is my niche. Mm. Um, you know, the more adaptable and diverse you, you, you seem to be, should really show people how competent you are in, in what you do. And you should be able to work with, you know, anyone. And, I've, you know, since I've done HH, set up HHF, I've worked with people from, you know, teenagers, 18, 
straight out of school, college. Um, and my oldest client is 87. You know, Sheila, bless her. Um, it's been a bit, bit difficult with lockdown to get anything done, but I call her for a chat, you know, just to keep her company. You talk about that mental well-being. And I call her once a week and she'll, she'll tell me, everything she's eaten that day and that she really enjoyed it. And, you know, we have pretty much the same set conversation every week. Um, but, you know, I just try and, you know, be there for her through this time as well. Um, and, and that's great. And it just shows, you know, I think in terms of uh, applying the, the, the basic balance and mobility stuff, it doesn't matter whether it's a pro athlete. Like I work with a lot of, uh, well, a few pro fighters have been working before lockdown with a few pro fighters, and most of them have really weak glutes, just like Sheila did when she came to see me. You know, like some of the base of the training, the, the, the kind of pieces in the puzzle are, are very, they're very similar. No matter on, no matter who you're working with, it could be a their their sport that they go through, and yeah. you know, guys. I mean, like kickboxers and MMA fighters, they use the hip flexors a lot through pulling guard and jiu-jitsu and you know throwing kicks and don't really do a lot of glute work you look at general population people that come in they're sat down all day and glutes come kind of you know inhibited switched off and weak um so a lot of the training patterns at the start are, are very similar as well um but yeah and you know when I the first time that I worked with an elderly person was when I moved to London. I say elderly. I mean she was she was early seventies and she had a she had a long list of what you call contraindications, a lot of things wrong. <laughs> um, and you know, I she she came to me. She was she was my landlord, and I said that I was uh, I said that I had a job working strength and conditioning with Harlequins Rugby Club, which is a complete lie. I just needed to say something, say I had a job there to get the flat. Right. And then, um, obviously, you know, work, working in, I mean, I'd still work in that realm anyway. It wasn't a complete lie, but I didn't have the job. And um, she said, Oh, can you help me? And she's hobbled over a, over a walking stick. She'd had a brain tumor. She'd had cut out. She had to get land. She, you know, had to learn to walk again. Uh, she had epilepsy. She had a whole ton of things wrong with her. And then it was, uh, you know, I sat down. I had a chat for an hour and I just looked through this list. And she was like, Can you help? And I just, took a step back and went, I would love to help. And I knew that I had the knowledge, as long as you're careful and think safe with anything that you prescribe to that person, build their trust. You can, you can achieve some amazing things just doing, finding the beauty, uh, finding beauty and simplicity in this, in this, in this industry. And I think that is a, I think that's a cool point to go over as well. Like how many things get oversold and how many fads when you're talking about nutrition with James, when you're talking about, you know, getting fancy equipment in the gym that, you know, we all know is really a load of rubbish and people are just trying to make money off. I quite often get articles from people saying, should I buy this? And it's like, no, it's rubbish. It's just trying to get you to, you know, purchase a product. Um, and the, the fundamental independence of training in terms of, you know, you've got, you know, getting posture right doing your basics in terms of compound lifting nutrition like they are simple and easy to follow and so many people overcomplicate what we do or try to make it sound more complicated than it is um and i've been following it I, i'm not a rocket scientist i was never the brightest academically but i've just got we've explained a, a, a lot of experience through trial and error through my own pain through getting things wrong um to, to, to have learned the best ways to do things. Um, and that, I think that holds so much value, that informal side um, to, 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 to being able to help people. 
and, and think outside the box. So, yeah, with with it, never limit yourself. Again, I'm not just trying to encourage people to, you know, work with people that maybe uh, wouldn't be... If you're, if, you're, if you're unsure, I'm saying definitely go to someone qualified, like a physio or whatever, or a doctor to, to get advice. And if I ever get stuck, I, within, you know, a week or two, I always send people on and I want to get reference back from physios. And um, I'm even do, using Louise um, with one of my clients at the minute for some feedback. Um, make those links, but always have faith in yourself and trust in your knowledge. <laughs> I think it's probably what I'm, yeah, I'm waffling a bit now. But, no, you're not. Yeah. And I think on that point there, I, I think as a fitness professional, as a personal trainer, our role isn't always, and it's not, to diagnose every single issue. This is what, you know, Louise is helping us with now to bring our advanced anatomy physiology course so you can spot these red flags, spot these imbalances, spot these niggles that people have and, and have tools that you can use to help them. And I know you've learned a lot of this from your own physio that you've had in Florida and so forth as well. Yeah. So you can spot these things, but never be afraid to use another a physiotherapist, mm. an osteopath, someone, another professional who can help you. It doesn't mean you're then out of the picture. Your role then is to take the feedback from that other professional and support your client putting this into play, you know? Yeah. I think people are tools for us to use, you know, mm. and it's responsible to be using them, definitely. Well, mate, um, I, I think as well, you know, you're your ethos, your passion, what you bring to Performance Training Academy is kind of clear for all to see. Like for, for those who have attended our workshops, they get from day one, you know, you often go off on a tangent on our workshops, which I love because you're saying, oh, okay, so this is what we're learning today. Oh, but don't forget another way to do this and a real life way to do this. And this is what I did with my client yesterday. That's where I think our students are really benefiting from is they're getting to learn from real life experience, which you have. You're not a newly qualified personal trainer who's a really good uh, a really good teacher and just sat in front of students and teaching from a book. You're a really good teacher who is teaching from yes a book but from experience as well, uh, and that's what our, our students can clearly see. So your your passion, your ethos, is there to and for all to see that you just want to help people, help people move better, be better. You know, one of I think one of our early videos in our personal training course about our ethos is we should all consider that this is the health and fitness industry. We're not here yeah. to just train people so that they're a sweaty mess on the floor at the end of a session. We're here to help people. We're help to give them longevity in their life. We're help to get them to move better, to become fitter, to become stronger. With that, people get leaner. They lose a bit of body weight as well, or body fat. Um, and they get healthier and they feel better about themselves. Uh, if they tie the nutrition in and you help them with their nutrition, you're just covering all aspects and that's what we're about really, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, man. And yeah, we, we quite often hit home about, um, you know, there is a difference between the definition in health and fitness. Um, and, and any good personal trainer should always be looking towards the underpinnings of health first, because if your client's not healthy, then, you know, they're not going to feel good. Um, and you know fitness comes second <laughs> you know? um yeah and, and 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 then the other key word that gets thrown around a lot is you know well-being and you know general physical and mental um and being able to combine them and that's you know another thing that you we could talk about in terms of you know the the, the, men, the mental side of things and how to um uh, you know 
there's a lot of psychology that comes into what we do, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm. The mindset thing is for all personal trainers to understand that, you know, you can't just say to a client, right, you need to train like this and eat like this, and then you'll lose that weight. It's not about that. It's about like helping them to overcome barriers. We all have barriers, you know, changing anyone's nutrition, changing anyone's training regime, uh, enforcing more healthier habits. It doesn't just, there's not a switch that you can turn on and it just happens. For some individuals, yes, they might have a very strong mindset. They might have a lot of willpower. And you probably had clients, I know I have over the years, that would say, right, tell me how to train, tell me how to eat, tell me how to live my life, and I will do it to a T. And they're off. Other people, this includes me, a little bit of a slower process needs to occur. You know, you need to yeah. slowly form habits, whether that's activity, being more active in the day, whether it's more exercise, more a higher frequency of gym sessions, uh, yeah. better stretching, better mobility. Yeah. You know, stuff like foam rolling and stretching can be done at home, but like how many people do that at home? And it's that sort of side of things. Yeah. It's working on the mindset to encourage these healthier, more positive habits. Do away yeah. the negative habits, which I'm sure a lot of people have. I know I have. And do more positive habits. And we all feel better when we're in that state of optimal health. And then life is always full with different challenges, different hurdles. And I think our role, I know your role with a lot of your clients and my role over the years with clients is to keep them on that path to, to greatness, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just... you. With, with the, the mindset thing, you'll get people that you say are, are very hand to mouth. You're like, right, this is nutritional breakdown. This is your training structure around our sessions. Go. And you see great results within a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, other people are, uh, are not so easy to train, <laughs> put it that way, you know? And you've got to prepare for that as well going into this industry. Like, not every, and that's why a lot of people go to a personal trainer because they haven't got the motivation to do it themselves and they know they need to push. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to have this selfless part of you to give and try and motivate constantly and check in and again just just uh provide baby steps for people to, to, to just edge in the right direction and uh, you know quite quite often i mean i think as james has talked about with the way that we are uh, diet um and that way that affects stress and our lifestyles they don't always can do uh, well relate to what is a, an ideal environment for our body to be thriving, right? Um, and I think, you know, that psychosomatic link between mind and body, quite often our environment, our nutrition, the way that we're working, the relationship at home, the way that we're eating, the way that we're in, inactive, our posture, it makes us feel just negative, you know? And sometimes you need to slowly get those underpinning pieces of the puzzle in place, get people to improve their posture a little bit, just eat a little bit better, move a little bit more, and it's like a, a, a training age thing, you know? And you, you kind of watch them develop as they go through from that kind of infancy to snowballing into that sense of well-being. It can be a gradual process, and some people don't need to be pushed. They really need to be shoved. Um, and that's, that's a side that you don't actually get any backing with on a lot of courses. I know we do try to prep people for that and say, you know, this is real life. You're going to come across people that are suffering with anxiety, depression, and you know, a lot of those people don't even tell you uh, when, they, when, they, when they started off. You know, I've, I've had some cool stories where, um, you know, I'm not naming any names, but I, I've trained individuals where uh, they, they come in for weight loss, they're, they're, they are very overweight, and they, they start working out, and we get, you usually get that like, little bit of weight loss at the start, or just, you know, cut out all the excess carbs, all the tension goes down, and uh, 
then it's just like big pause, you know, they keep coming to the gym, chipping away, and you're like, what's going on here? You know, it's got to be something a bit deeper, you know, and they're trying to say, you know, you always get the, oh, maybe I'm going to need to go see my doctor to get my thyroid checked or whatever, you, you know, suggest all those things. Um, but, and I remember just, you know, sitting someone down one day and going, what's going on? You know, what's up? And she said, look, um, you know, I've, I've been working under a gym program for the longest I've ever stuck at in my life at this period. Um, you know, weight's not where I want to be, but I've actually come off antidepressants by myself in the last four months. You know, and that, you know, and having, you know, you, you think about what is more important, you know, not feeling depressed or being a bit overweight. Yeah. If you're happy with yourself, then that's a win, right? Yeah. So it's not always that superficial. And again, you can't draw the book by its cover, number one. You never know what anyone's going, what going on behind the scenes. Um, that's, that's everywhere. And, and it's great that that's such a, a prominent feature in so many PTs ethoses now and and, and just society in general, mental well-being, checking in on your mates, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the battle is psychological as well as physical. Generally, you get the mind in the right place, you can get the body to follow it, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's why, you know, your approach as a trainer and our approach in anything, you know, try and teach good habits to then make people feel better, perform better, want to do more. And so, yeah, great way to be setting it up really you know 100%, yeah and i think as well like that's how a client's progress should be measured it's not about weight loss all the time it's not about body composition all the time i know yeah. you guys you and will hopefully with the online stuff as well that we have it kind of promotes that it's not just about body composition it's seeing someone improve and getting them towards optimal health in body and mind and that's what i know you guys bring to the course that's what we try to get across on our online content as well um Mate, I, I think you've ha- you've had a, a brilliant journey, and I know you've had lots of um, you've learnt lots along your way. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, through injury and through stuff as well. We all, you should never waste any lessons you learn in life. I I've learned many lessons. I always try and apply it to my mindset and to my business if it ne- if it needs to be. Um, what's your future? What what do you where do you see Howard's health and fitness going, mate? Any any plan? I know, for example, for example, you're not sitting still. You're always wanting to learn and give more. You and Will uh, have devised a, a posture up uh, series where you're helping people think all every each and every day about their posture and being better and how to get that as well, aren't you? So you're not just sitting down and expecting like I've got my clients, I'm okay. You're always wanting to do a bit more. Any any business needs to just move and grow. You know, we we get static, we get comfortable. That's when we we lose. <laughs> uh, you know, never changing world out there. Um, How's health and fitness? I've, I've been training a lot more athletes of late um, since I've started boxing. Um, it's just, uh, it just comes with it. People, you know, local guys see that I'm getting in the ring. Um, so they know that I must be, you know, clued in. And if you, again, when I'm in camp, if you follow my, my just my story day to day on Instagram, it's like a documentary on a, on a boxing lifestyle mixed in with personal training. Um, so guys get on board and I, you know, I, I, I want to push that down the line and hopefully see some of the guys that I'm working with make their way up. Um, so that's, that's a big uh, ongoing thing for me working with, with the athlete I mean, and everyone in general. I, I, I love my client base and I'm, I don't, I'm not looking to get rid of anyone or, or change that, but that's just something new that started coming in that I wanted to do a long time ago, but it's hard to get athletes to give you money. 
that's that's probably the hardest thing to do. You can train athletes, but they ain't got any money. <laughs> so to get them to give you some of their money, like you have to be, you have to really start to make a name for yourself. I found, um, just you know, in local area anyway. Um, we again, we got a training academy moving forward all the time, and then me and Will working through a more kind of corporate venture from our general beliefs in the the well being, the mobility, posture. Like there is a posture epidemic at the moment in the Western world in general, where, you know, I think your statistics say about 80% of us will get back pain, chronic back pain at some point in our lives. Um, and so much of this is due to the way that a, we're, you know, the inactivity and sedentary lifestyle that we lead and also just desk jobs and, you know, being programmed through years of, you know, going to school, going to college, going to uni, um, and then, you know, most people drive to work, they sit at a desk all day, they drive home, they make their dinner, and then they sit on the sofa. We spend more time in flexion, sat down, you know, and, and this leads to, 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 to slouching, poor posture, poor movement mechanics. Um, and awareness of that is the first key. So posture up, obviously, it's like a verb in itself, the name of the business. Uh, make you think about it. Just creating posture awareness. And for us, going, we want to go into... To, to, to corporate environments and help productivity, help boost confidence through basic interventions, um, and and you know giving some some extra content for for, for those businesses to and as a goal as well to reduce sick days because that's that's costing businesses lots of money. I think one of the biggest contributors to sick days, and in the last few years, I think it, you look at the statistics from HSC or, um, you know, NHS England, there's millions of sick days that are going just due to neck and back pain, which are realistically from sitting in poor posture and slouching. Um, so yeah, we, we thought we need an intervention. Um, so that's, that's what we'll, and obviously this is probably one of the worst times to be setting up a business in decades with lockdown. Right. But again, you got to adapt and overcome and that's in the pipeline. So you have, yeah. you have. And I think with that as well, I think it's very important for everyone to know that, you know, yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing this podcast now We're you know, in lockdown in this whole COVID-19 situation. But I think the important thing to remember is, you know, and I know you've been doing this. I've been doing this. It's a case of put positive things in place so that when normality returns, you're going to go back into things flying, you know, yeah. um, when everything you know even yesterday or today is a state where personal trainers can get back outdoors with their clients for example and you know it's it's a case of using time uh, as a real blessing sometimes and put many things in place your posture up stuff you're doing with will really good um you, people who don't know about it they can find it on facebook can't they you got a facebook page yeah, if you check out uh, Posture Up Global um, on Facebook or Instagram, we've just got some basic content, some videos, just explaining the effects of posture on the mind and body. Um, some, you know, lockdown specific. You know, a lot of people are undertaking exercise regimes. A lot of people going out running, but not structuring their training properly, not knowing how to recover, getting hit with knee pain. Some little fixes for that. Bits on stress and just you know creating a general awareness. So it's worth a flick through. And also, and also, like Howard Health and Fitness, you got a page for that as well, haven't you, mate? I have, yeah, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> little plug, little plug. But I think the other day, like you know, for, for anything, but yeah, no. <laughs> but I think the other day, the reason I want to put that out there is, you know, for people who do follow us, or maybe people who listen to this who don't yet follow us that much, 
there's always, I'm trying to put out as much content as I possibly can to help people with training, nutrition, obviously with courses as well and education. Um, the stuff that you and Will put together and you individually as well, there's, there's, there's so much free content out there as well. And, and I think people who really want to learn and, and really get an insight into this industry, you know, go into your pages, go into our Performance Training Academy Facebook page where, where you post in regularly as well. It's good for people to, to know who you are and see your ethos. And I think the good thing with social media you know, and again, to go back to how I started in 2002, there was no social media. It was really hard to get any message or advertising out there. Um, nowadays, uh, even if you're not working in a big chain gym as a personal trainer, use social media as your shop window. Give free content, help people. You know, I, I think people build up their, their business quicker like you have when you're just offering help and advice and content yeah. that people can apply. You know, you're not worried about giving away something for free because, you know, they no. should pay you for that knowledge. Um, obviously, you, you provide a service. And, and I think personal training and fitness professionals, personal trainers, shouldn't worry about giving away stuff for free. Yeah. You don't want to give everything away, obviously. But helping people and letting that be a message, that's a really strong message to have going forward, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think just, you know, it gives you an opportunity to display your knowledge. It gives you the platform. You can put up a video and then within, you know, two days, you know, sometimes hundreds of people, but not on your following, have, have seen that and made their mind up about it. And if you're putting out good, positive things with a, with a good ethos and you're showing that you're professional, um, that's an opportunity for you. So don't be afraid. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I remember my mum saying to me about two, three years ago, why are you giving away all this advice? Like people got to pay you for that. Like, how are they going to know I know anything <laughs> if yeah. I don't give them the advice? People yeah. will pick you because you're you mm. at the end of the day. They invest in you as a person, as a personal trainer. So they, they want your personality. They want to be around you. They want to be involved in that setup. Um, so yeah, look, anyone starting out, do again, display your knowledge, show, show what you can do. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's bread and butter for starting up and that's what I was so big on um you know three four years ago and when I was doing two or three sessions a week and not fully booked <laughs> the clients down back in the day yeah. um but yeah you get there man and you you know when you get there it, it comes thick and fast um you know and we all have these sticking points everyone gets a sticking point and I've even had you know I've, I've been all right and I know I'm always going to you know be fine for finances and stuff like that you know but i've had times where people have left and you, you get the odd time where you know you might get two or three clients leave in the same week and you know, some of them are doing two hours some, you know if you get clients doing three hours a week at least you, you can be 150 pound 200 pound a week down just like that you know um and you've got to reassess and go right okay and you can dwell on that or you can act on that yeah. um it's very much like that. It's, it's, there's no, and it's kind of cliche to say there's no linear path to success, but definitely it's a bit of a roller coaster. You get set up, you know, you might get to 10 hours a week when you, when you start personal training and then you get a week where five of them drop out and you're like, ah, oh, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel again. Um, but you just keep making contact with people, keep, keep yourself socially active keep yourself out on social media keep learning strive to get yourself in different environments go to different gyms you know if you don't like the environment you're in change it <laughs> definitely everybody you know i got to a point where i kind of felt like i outgrew fitness first and going off to pfp with, with paddy is one of the best things that i've ever done because it gave me that independence to to be myself really you know um 
turn up when I want, <laughs> uh, which you could at Fitness First within reason when they were open. Uh, but, uh, you know, wear what you want, say what you want, hold yourself the way you want and, and really like find your own. And that's what I would always, you know, recommend as a second port of call for, for personal trainers. Get established in that shop window environment where you've got that footfall and then, you know, find somewhere that personifies you. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't really aware. PFP was very ideal for me at the start doing the, the security work and everything else. I, I, I moved over to that. Um, and J James has been brilliant. Um, but I, I didn't really realize the value of his knowledge. Even, even things that I would do without realizing he would start explaining the science to me. And I go, Oh, man. <laughs> that's why I call him father Gaines, you know, cause he's just that kind of, Jim Dad model where he just yeah fountain yeah. and all that. You know, for the, for those that don't know James that you're referring to, James also called Paddy. That's James Buckingham who's been on many of our podcasts already. He's our little nutrition guru. But um, but this is it, mate. And and just to finish with, I guess you know it, it's a case we're all always learning. Um, network yourself with some other great fitness professionals. Never feel like you're in this industry on your own and another personal trainer's competition because it's really not the case. You know, I think learning from other professionals and and uh, having that little network of personal trainers, sports massage therapists, instructors, it goes a long way. It makes you feel like you've got a really good community yourself and support in the industry. You know, we're all in this together sort of thing. Um, and again, I think, and I, I experienced exactly what you said just now as well about how if you not so much get lazy, but you get a bit comfortable with your business and you think, oh, okay, I've got my client base now, I'm happy. Uh, and you take your foot off the gas and you forget about advertising, you forget about keeping that shop window of social media present and relevant for you. You know, if you do lose a couple of clients because they move away or they've achieved their goals and they're happy doing their own thing, um, all of a sudden you think, oh God, I need to pick up some more clients. If you keep active and you keep your story there and you keep making people aware of what you're doing, use social media for the benefit that it is, you know, I think, you know, your business can always sustain it and always be where you want it to be. I know, for example, I, I've had times in my business, and I know you're similar, where you've got too busy. You know, you're doing 35, 40 sessions a week, and financially, it's brilliant. You know, you're turning over, you know, 35 pound an hour times 40 every single week. And that's like a really decent wage, you know, it's into like, you know, a thousand pound plus a week. But I found that a drain uh, in, in terms of my mental state and, in, and my energy levels as well. I much preferred my personal training business when I was doing 25, 30 sessions. Yeah. 25 That's being the magic number, isn't it? You know, it's happening. You've got time then to work on your business. You've got time to work on yourself and you've got time for your clients. So do chase the higher end, 35, 40 sessions per week if you want. Uh, there, there's more. Uh, many other different options for your personal training business as well, which we'll discuss in another podcast, I'm sure. Um, but mate, you got to make it work for you. And I know you've done that with your business. Yeah, that's it. And you got to feel what's right for you. Like, uh, and it, it gets to that point where you want to be really busy. And we spoke about 25 a couple of years ago, and I always seem to end up around 30 with them trying to be at 25 because you struggle to say no to work. <laughs> but you get up to that 35 plus, like, you know, I've been there and you start to resent people, I think, after a while. There's like no time for you. You're up at half five in the morning. You're coming home at nine at night. And then I'm trying to find tra time to train during the day. And it's, you've got to leave time for you as well. So, yeah, it's all about that balance. And you've got to consider as well, the more people that you're working with over the, over the course of the week, you've got to try and deliver. You've got to try and have that same energy from session one to session eight in the day or however many that you're doing, you know, because you're 
again, you're resetting and you're producing your product over and over to each person. You want them to have the same experience. Now, you, you end up diluting yourself so much. And it, if you're the only other way that I get through it at that point is extreme amounts of caffeine. And if you want any personal trainer, there's a big coffee culture behind what we do, isn't there? Um, it just leads to me a jittery mess all day. And I'm just <laughs> chatting up to rubbish sometimes. But, you know, it gets you through. And it, the energy's there. It's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you you, you, you got to, you know, start to work. You know, maybe it's worth charging it. If, you, if, you, if you're in that position where you're, able to be doing over 30 sessions a week maybe you could you look to charge a little bit more but work a little bit less which is basically what i did when i got what i would say was fully but regularly over 30 32 i just upped my prices by five pounds an hour and i found that most people um would actually i, I think i a lot maybe i lost one that i think that was dropping out anyway um, and i've kept my numbers around you know high 20 to 30 um a week you know so it's um Again, if you know you're good, people are going to pay for you, um, and and don't don't dilute yourself and know your value. It's better to do less really high quality work than a lot of mediocre work because at the end of the day, it's your reputation, and you're only as good as the clients that you're with at the moment. And word of mouth can build you or destroy you quite quickly. In this, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're being uh, you know lazy and not keeping on top of people and helping them progress and giving them the, the, the value that they think, or if you're overtired and you're getting snappy with people and you, you know, someone sends you a message and you're like, I'll oh, piss off sort of thing, you know, and then they go tell their mates, oh, that, that dude's a bit of a, a bit of a jerk. Like he spoke to me like I was a, you know, piece of whatever. Um, that's going to get around in, in the same light as doing good work. And you often find that that end rebounds on you far quicker than it takes to build a good reputation. So, yeah, keep the quality high um, and, and, and make time for yourself. It's something that I've really had to learn and be able to switch off from, from the emotional ties as well. Like, you know, I've had days I've come home from work and I've been in tears and I'm like, the hell's wrong with me? You know? Um, but again, it's just part of the roller coaster, man. It's part of the roller coaster. I wouldn't change it for a while. And, uh, yeah. Um, Mate, it really yeah, and I think like that 25 session target is what I'd like to see all of our students coming in and aiming for. And it, and it is so doable, you know, and it, it's not again, because we're trying to sell courses. It's so doable. If you really put the effort in and you, you think about your branding, you think about your message and you just want to help people. Uh, that's what's key. And I, I, that's what I've seen with you as well. And I know like, um, I, I guess we met just to finish this off. I guess we met because, you know, I saw all the good work you were doing. You know, and yeah. um, and that's how we had a conversation, which led to where we are now. You still got your successful personal training business. I've got a great tutor out of you. We've obviously got Will on board as well, who offers a lot to this academy. Um, and what I'm very grateful for is the students that come on board. You, we can see, you know, when we we're taking students for a course, you can see they're learning from you, and we see that when we get to the final assessments. And I used yeah. to have this as a tutor and then assessor, and now I'm seeing people. They're almost like little mini Pete Howards or little mini Will Scudders. They're just putting their your teachings into their assessment, and then that translates into their business and their clients. And I even see it on their social media. So that's where I know that you add so much value to what we do because everything you've learned along the way, it comes into the course. The students learn from it. They take it, they apply it to themselves, and then they apply it to their clients. And it's great to see, isn't it? It's rewarding. Yeah, it's it's great to you. You effectively hear yourself coach in assessment when people really do sponge things up. 
Um, and, and that that feels great in yourself. Like I'll, sometimes I'll hear some of Will's cues, or like you know talking about the like retract and row that I talk about with um, with, with the scap retraction and, into activation through the upper back, and just yeah, little things along the way. And you're like, yeah, we're doing a good job because That's, you know. You I'm said earlier. Boy. Sorry, mate. And you said earlier, didn't you, about like you hadn't seen banded stretches until you got to Florida with the with NXT, and now I'm seeing our students put banded stretches on their social media yeah exactly yeah again it's it's, it's again brilliant brilliant to see a reflection of mm. of our input in in the business you know and um you know i think something that i heard the other day was a kind of window mirror uh, ethos so if you're in uh, if you're working in a gym you, you have you have like the the window where if, if you were to have someone that you looked up to in the industry looking through the window watching your session, you'd be able to justify what you're doing and be able to give you know, an answer to, 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 to your practice. Um, and then like, that's the window. And then the mirror is like your client is a reflection, direct reflection of your business, how they hold themselves when you're not there. Yeah. Um, and do you guys go away? Uh, off the off the flip side of our courses, um, I can think of a few names in my head now, and it's like they're they're hitting home the importance of posture, movement, and mobility, structure and training properly. You see nutrition stuff going off. I know James has done his, his new course, and I'm seeing some guys are on the course at the moment pushing that nutrition front that were there on the day that we were there at Darts Farm, mm. um, and it's 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 nice to see that. Yeah, it is reflecting and it is it is going out. So yeah, man, many good things to come. I'm sure. <coughs> well, mate, I think that's a nice way to end it. Uh, and and again, mate, thanks for your time today. Um, really do appreciate everything that you and will bring to the plate for 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 me as an academy and for what our students learn from. <laughs> and again, you know, it's it's about creating that same ethos. We've all got the same ethos of making trying wanting to make the health and fitness industry as good as we can possibly make it. You know, and try to water out all the, the negative stuff, make it a positive industry, make it about the body, the mind uh, and health. And, and that's what you're a clear advocate of as well, you know. Absolutely. So, Pete, anything to end with, mate? Um, anything to end with? Uh, buddy, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I think we've covered lots. We've covered... Yeah, we've chatted for a while, man. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I hope it's been useful. And again, like you, you said, oh, I'm just just going to speak about you, and you know, I was like, oh, okay, I probably do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, hopefully it's inspired someone. And, mate, I'm sure. Know. Well, mate, thanks again for your time. Thanks for your lessons along the way, and thanks for the lessons you bring into the course as well. Appreciate cool, it. Thank you. I hope I didn't waffle too much. And uh, again, I really appreciate you having me on and asking me to come on, man. And right, keep going. We'll, we'll do keep more. Going. We'll do some more of these podcasts with some more specific content as well, eh? specific stuff absolutely yeah that's cool but yeah thanks for the first one and that's it awesome dude all right pete thanks for your time mate we'll speak soon take it easy dude For more information about the courses and qualifications we offer here at Performance Training Academy, please head on over to www.performancetrainingacademy.com. If you are thinking about becoming a fitness professional as a personal trainer, sports massage therapist, or if you simply have a keen interest in health, fitness and nutrition, head on over to our website. There'll be something there for you. Thank you for listening and we'll be back very soon.